welcome to a most excellent 80s movies podcast. It's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian uh, wish their way through the movies of the 80s that we love uh, with these our modern eyes to see how well they held up. Today we're talking about Big, a movie selection from 20th Century Fox presents Tom Hanks. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. Now what? You get a job. I cannot get a job. I play with all of this stuff, and then I tell them what I think. Can they pay you for that? Sucker! Vice President, he's only been here a week. See that girl over there in the red? Short up her legs for any so tight, you'll be begging for mercy. Well, I'll stay away from her then. I loved your ideas on the squeezy doll line. Thanks. What were you like when you were younger? Oh, well, that wasn't much different. It's your cookie! Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Yeah. Okay. But I get to be on top. What is so special about Baskin? He's a grown-up. How do I feel about what? How do you, how do you feel about me? You're only young once. This is important! I'm your best friend. What's more important than that, huh? But for Josh, I miss my family, Susan, and I want to go home. Oh, my God, you're married. It just might last a lifetime. You'll never forget Tom Hanks. It's Beluga. In big. It's funny, uh, watching the trailer... You, it's like if I saw this, uh, you know, the commercial on TV, it's like, oh, that's too schmaltzy. And, and what mm. you don't get is like how much heart the movie has. Yes. Um, and it definitely does. And I, and it's surprising to me how much, how much of the weirdness the trailer gives you. The weirdness being the romance mm-hmm. between the adult child. And they're like, yeah, there's going to be romance all up in this movie that's uh, about a very, very young person um, trapped in a Tom Hanks body. Uh, I I watch this movie over and over. Like, I've, I've seen this movie 12,000 times. I think 80s Tom Hanks is so rewatchable, almost across the board. Not entirely across uh-huh. the board. Right. But... Um, there are very few exceptions to 1980s Tom Hanks not being um, a, an enjoyable romp for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, was this one of your like childhood go-tos? 
Yeah, I would say yeah, for sure. But it's interesting. It's one of those ones um, that I hadn't seen in quite a while, like in 10 years um, or, or more. But yeah, I for sure remembered all the big points. I think what it was is that because the we didn't have... Points. um because we it was we didn't have cable um and so it would have to be in when it was on tv or if we rented it and most likely we had rented it once or twice but like very specific cycles we didn't own it you know um and so yeah uh so i definitely memorized so many moments of it but for sure oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, of course, the the Zoltan and the, like, uh, I want to be big, that wish moment is oh, yeah. so huge. Yeah, I, I even, even um, the other day I had, I was watching a YouTube video and someone was talking about those, those kind of like machines that give you your fortune teller. And they said a Zoltan machine. Yeah. So like those kind of things like still stay within and like the classic um you know uh tom hanks and robert loja on the p- giant piano is now the new cover art to the poster for the for like the the digital download or whatever like there's a lot of these iconic moments like you know when i when i think of other uh, other moments i think of like the baby carrot scene oh the baby carrot scene which uh <laughs> was a tom hanks um, I don't know what you call it ad lib if there's no words, but it was like right. a, a, a Tom Hanks improvisation. Um, the baby carrots, the tuxedo that he wears. And I think that the appeal for me of this movie when I was younger, as opposed to like obviously wanting to be big. And whenever I see a Zoltan, I, I can't not go up to it and say, I want to be big. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got my wish. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, 15 more pounds. <laughs> oh, we haven't introduced ourselves. Oh, we haven't. We just completely skipped that part. That's okay. Um, <laughs> go go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. Blackwell. Uh, my name is uh, Nathan Blackwell. I'm a filmmaker. And you are Chrissy Lenz. A comedian, yes. <laughs> and a director of NCT Improv. Right. Um, Yes. So the when you watch this movie as a kid, the thing that really sticks with you is that, I mean, he gets, he falls right into the lap of like a dream job and like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I like your ideas. I'm making you the vice president of ideas. Right? Yes. <laughs> you know? Vice president well, the, the, in charge of toys. There's so many. So this is basically magic, a magic realism story. And with with especially with this kind of genre, but with a lot of other movies that have a, a big what if, there's always a moment that you as an audience member are waiting to see how quote real this reality is. There's always you're always waiting for like this moment that you are supposed to gauge your own believability, disbelief, you know, your emotional setting on how, quote, real this is. And for me, I'm I'm just waiting for Tom Hanks to bump into his mom as a grown man and see how she reacts. And then us as an audience, we're waiting for that subconsciously to then gauge how, quote, this real this movie is like, you know, it, the 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 reality of that situation it could in reality is genuinely horrifying 
you know, a grown man and your son is missing. Grown man is in your house. And I, you know, and so I, I wrote down like I was I was anticipating it. Like, so what, how real are they going to play it? Because it's interesting looking at movies from the 80s, which we grew up on. And then movies now, like what is a PG versus now versus then? Yes. Um, and. I mean, ratings were new in the 80s. Like, they didn't quite know what to do with them yet. But you almost have to ignore and throw out the window looking at a rating. Yeah. At, at this point, a PG-13 was only a few years old, you know? Um, yep. And so... This, there's F-bombs. So in- it was either PG or R, and that was a huge scale. But um, how... So, you know, so I wrote down... Um, the, the seven out of 10 in terms of the reality scale of terms of the mom freaking out because she does genuinely freak out and they decide to include that scene, Mm -hmm. but it is kind when she pulls out the knife, then it kind of becomes for a little bit of laughs. Like they give you not the hardest version of the reaction, but just enough that you can kind of not stress over it for the rest of the movie and that's a that's a that's a delicate balancing act you know how real are you going to have these things yes and and like of course we're not revisiting the fact that like this child is missing they are missing <laughs> yeah a child and they decide to include that throughout the movie they mm-hmm. touch on that it's not i you know there's so many other movies that have a kind of a similar premise that have come afterwards, you know, like 13 going on 30 or, 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 you know, or all, all these other movies that, that I haven't seen, but I would be very, very surprised if they went as far as a seven out of 10 on the realist, you know, realism factor. Like mm-hmm. for example, you know, they show his picture on a milk carton later in the movie, you know, yeah. he calls his mom and, you know, and says that, you know, his son is all right. He's kind of basically playing the role of the captor. And and yeah. she is like, I need to talk to him. Like she it's like, ugh, it's like gut wrenching. She wants to talk to her son. And we oh, yes. And when she talks to uh, uh, Billy through their like walkie talkie situation. Oh, it gets you. But I think Penny Marshall yeah. is so good at that. Like she's mm-hmm. an amazing director. In that the way that she handles like that seven out of ten balance of like how real is too real, we get those little moments when he's like at the at the flop house, the scary scary. Oh yeah, which is almost like a nine out of ten, you know. Yeah. In terms of him being, yeah, it's like when you're a kid, like where are you going to stay? It's like oh, one hotel, please, you know. (laughs) And I remember when in my twenties of like driving like cross country and it's like oh i've got to get i i can't keep driving i've got to get a hotel and it's like i have made a terrible terrible mistake and you don't have that ability to distinguish you know before you go in you, the judgment of of how bad some of these places can be yeah um and that, yeah like, and, sad blanket and he's just crying and i'm like yeah. oh my god yeah and the, and people screaming and there's like a gunshot in the distance and Jeez Louise, but if but you they, didn't... They make up for it as soon as he becomes the <laughs> vice president in charge of toys, like, and gets yeah, right. in the room. Um, uh, and, like, 
you know, what what struck me watching it as a grown-up is that, like, my brain completely erased everything that happened to him when he was a child in the beginning. And it just, like, wrote the story of, like, oh, he gets picked on, so he wants to be big. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't get picked on that much. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have it that hard. No. No, no, no. It, it's just, you know, it's interesting. It's not like when he makes the decision, I want to be big, it's not like – it's a Disney thing and he's singing out his I want song like this is the thing I need you know I I I want to be someone in this world no it's just he, for him this this you know fortune telling machine is low stakes yeah he just had a situation where he couldn't get onto a ride he tried to hit on a girl he's yeah. feeling like a he looks like a tiny child and she's already gotten puberty mm-hmm. you know and and he's just like, I wish I was big. So it's really a- huh? <laughs> like it came in the mail, and she was like, Z-. No, well, I, you know, it's like all the, the girls always got puberty beforehand. There was always like a good year to where they're a big, a foot and a half taller than all the all the kids. Yep, um, all the boys, and so it's very it's a very low stakes because he doesn't believe in the power of this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a quiet, sad moment. I do love, though, that he, like, when he notices that it's unplugged, and then at the end when he goes back to wish to be little again, when he he unplugs it, because that's how the magic works, is that you have to be mm, mm-hmm. Um We it, could all learn a lesson there. Yes. Um, but, like, and I do think, like, something that I wish they would have, no, I don't wish they would have included, but I think it would have made sense for them to, like, follow, the, like, you know, if they followed the best friend of the missing boy and saw him interacting constantly with the adult that was in the <laughs> house like crime solved it was that guy um uh-huh. but and i also love the idea that they were like well you got to get a job it's going to take six weeks for us to track down the zoltan machine so what are we going to do for six weeks you gotta get a job you know um it's crazy to me that you just be like yeah like you said one job please um, <laughs> uh-huh. I, go here. I work here now. Um, I I did find it hilarious though when he's first in the office with uh John Lovitz, and John Lovitz is it's in the trailer. He's giving him the rundown of like, uh, which women in the office uh will sleep with you, mm-hmm. uh, and I love his reactions to it. Like you know, like a twelve year old would react to things. And the, oh, by the way, I watched this whole film. Uh. Uh, with my 14 year old thinking that that the character Josh was 14 or 15. He's 12. Yeah. And then has his 13th birthday. Yeah. And when I when that moment happened, I was just like, wait, he's 12. For some reason, it made it made it a lot easier to swallow when he was 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. I have to like reconcile that he is 12. That is too young to be <laughs> uh, uh, g- going on the bullet train uh, with Elizabeth Perkins. Um, mm-hmm. That is so weird. Like, I- <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you, it, 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 it's it's you know you have to question like in these magical realisms, like how how much reality is affected. Like, mm-hmm. is he has an adult body, which I assume has like adult chemicals in them you know yeah testosterone and 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 all those things um how has that affected him over the last couple of weeks you know yeah 
and you kind of see him act more and more adulty. He does. Like he he acts more. Because you really have two things. You, you've got two things. Know. You've got the you've got the body chemistry, and then you've got personal experience. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. And I love like uh, the first sort of date they go on, where they leave the party. Um, first of all, the party scene is is hilarious when he's in that tuxedo that looks like almost like a three amigo. Like it's just all sequins and. Um, <laughs> And hilarious, and it's definitely the tuxedo that a twelve-year-old would pick out to go to a fancy party. Um, the eating corn, spitting out the caviar, um, and then that date where he's jumping out of the top of the limo, and uh, they're jumping on the trampoline together, and he's showing her all the things he has in his apartment. Like I thought, that was really cute and sweet. Mm-hmm. And it does get weirder as he like has. A more of an adult relationship with her where he's like going to dinner parties. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't he find that so boring? Why would he want to go to a dinner party? I, I think, you know, the, the character has def, definitely does change. You know, mm-hmm. he definitely starts becoming an adult at the end, you know, yeah. and until he realizes that he misses the people from his old life. And even like caring about his job, you know, in a, mm-hmm. in a, like a really serious way like he's taking his toy job seriously all of a sudden and then like needing to to get a promotion and he just like gets sort of swept up in it um in a, in a way i don't think he would if there wasn't the elizabeth perkins relationship mm-hmm. um but she at the end definitely should take a look in the mirror just... <laughs> look she didn't know beforehand she ins- exp- inspected the equipment it all seemed above board <laughs> well but like and we do get little glimpses of her like you know is she uh um you know the the vixen who's like sleeping her way to the top through mm-hmm. all of the different like people who work at at toy incorporated um does she really love? I mean, it seems like she loves him at the end. She seems yeah. genuinely sad. Yeah. Well, so with any of these kind of magical realism stories, there's basically a lesson to be learned, you know, right. and it's not only um, in this case, the person who gets transformed. It's also the person who they themselves transform around them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you think about, you know, elf, um, you know, I think he a lot. I mean, <laughs> he he learns a lot, but he also teaches people around him through yeah. his actions. And and with uh with with her, um, she's so serious. Mm-hmm. She is deadly. She's super stiff adult, and she, and he introduces playfulness into her. Yeah, and, and so in and, that but way, like that super eighties like career driven like gotta have the cap mm-hmm. guard, gotta have all that stuff um, the meat generation the the la- the corporate ladder the cutthroat advancements yeah absolutely in that and it's like they work at a toy place i i love yeah. all the meetings that they have of the people and there's like the toys are around and just the adults are like kids are stupid <laughs> they want to this that turns into a yeah that. so so like, he's at the op so so um what's his name uh, the dad from Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, serious McGrumpy pants. Um, he so he's at the furthest end of the spectrum of adult seriousness. 
And then you've got the kids at the other end. And so our our main character has to kind of hit the whole barometer to learn his lesson of where he wants to be, you know? And yeah. so she started at this end with grumpy uh, McDad pants um, and then realized that, no, I, I've got to strike a balance. I've yeah. got to live in the middle. So and she's effectively saved. To work at you know? a toy, you know, if you're lucky enough to be a person who invents toys. Mm hmm. Yeah, you you need to have a, a that sense of play and and I love that the uh uh the CEO who essentially just finds Josh Baskin at the uh, FAO Schwartz playing and having a great time because that's the first thing he does when he has money is like I'm gonna buy toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I remember being so I was the same age. I was about twelve when I saw this, you know. Um, and so I remember that that the stuff that Tom Hanks does, that was the epitome of what like, yes, the power of adulthood, the freedom, the money. That is 100 percent what I would do then. Just, it's almost like, kind of it, it's like, whenever you want. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's, it, you know, even like growing up, it's like, wow, that was the dream. You know, it's almost kind of like it, it, it. Take it even further is like is like Pee Wee Herman yes. and Pee Wee's Big Adventure of like his of the adult getting like what the kid wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, when when they were dreaming about what they could do with money, yeah. and so it's like he gets his paycheck one hundred eighty seven dollars, which um, which uh, uh, adjusted for inflation is four hundred and twenty five dollars. That yeah, would I, seem like a royal sum to yeah. any kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how he gets identified by the, you know, the CEO who is like going through this, like, why are there's not enough play? There's not enough fun. We've lost sight of how magical what we do is. Mm-hmm. And then he just finds Josh, ba- Josh Baskin and is like, you, vice president in charge of everything. Um, it's all just like, Dream come true, dream come true, dream come true. Uh, I still would like that apartment. I still would like. Oh, yeah. That's like a, that's, oh, yeah. And now that's like a, a two and a half million dollar apartment. Right. Yes. Uh, and he, like, I think, you know, Josh Baskin sort of brought the whole like open floor plan uh, thing to light. <laughs> like, I imagine that Elizabeth Perkins was like, yeah, I do like, I like that open floor plan thing. And she uh-huh. was a realtor and like she developed that and, and became a, uh, real estate magnet. In oh, the- one thing yeah. I couldn't shake is that Elizabeth Perkins in 1988 looks just like a grown-up uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Like if you look oh. at the pictures, like oh my god, it's like especially like if you just seen like an Anola Holmes, you know, mm-hmm. the movie. It's like that's she. I just couldn't shake that. Anyways. Yeah. Wow, now I won't be able to like unsee that. <laughs> um, and she's great. I think I think all the performances in this in this movie are amazing. I think that uh, the directing is fantastic. Like aside from the creepiness, um, which my fourteen year old definitely called out. She was just like, "What? What is this? What are you showing me?" Like, wow. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's. Uh, all of it is really well done and the tone and the pace of it is uh, uh, really great. And I love that. Like we talk a lot about uh, movies like Christmas story where it's like basically just a series of episodes, you know, that could be like mm-hmm. 
today on A Christmas Story. Right. Oh, it's his decoder ring. Um, I think that Big has as many memorable moments without having that like, and then this, and then this, like with still having like a nice plot that goes all the way through. Yeah. There was more magic in it. Like I always think it's weird in the magical realism where it's like, no, there's just one thing. It just works for him. And that's all, there's no other magic. It's just that. Um, like what other wishes is Zoltar... <laughs> so right so so he's able to track down Zoltan, Zoltar and and ask to be put to normal mm-hmm. but since this is a a family um um you know magical magical realism thing he goes back to normal he's learned a lesson he's Dorothy from Wizard of Oz returning to Kansas so if this was let's say like a monkey paw yeah. scenario like a Twilight Zone ending. What if, what would have been the real ending? It would have been like the so every town that Zoltan goes to, like I want to know the other weird things that happen, right. other wishes that people made. Do the, if do adults get the monkey paw version? Meaning that <laughs> what they wished for, they don't actually they get, but with a twist. Yes, you know. So he wishes to be like little, he, a small. He, Tom Hanks. he wants to be small, and then he becomes like the Incredible Shrinking Man. Yeah, or, or Barbie-sized Tom Hanks. Right. Oh my god, a Barbie-sized Tom Hanks would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so in terms of like, so this movie has been made lots of times, right? Uh, you mentioned yeah, it, 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 I, you know, it, Big isn't the only kind of transformation body swap story that ever was it's just the one that did it right yeah that we that we grew up on yes i love a body swap i i will almost always show up for a body swap i love Mm -hmm. it i love a freaky friday (laughs) i love a big (laughs) um i love the the uh Issa ray version where it was it's flip-flopped it's it's called little and it's Uh. an adult executive who gets turned into (laughs) a little girl um like, I will always show up for that. Um, but I think that Tom Hanks has such a magic of believably being a child in an mm-hmm. adult man's body. Um, so I don't know if, like, if you were to specifically remake Big, remake this version of, of this body swap, that there would be any, like, I'd say get Tom Hanks to do it again. Let's, you know, uh-huh. do older. I don't know who else. <laughs> yeah. you, should, you should have a 65-year-old man who wants to be 30 again. That would be <laughs> so funny. <laughs> because it's the truth. It, it probably, in reality, like, a, a, uh, a that, you know, a 65-year-old man wants to be 30 again much more than a kid wants to be an adult or an adult wants to be a kid. I would love it, though, if, like, if a kid got turned into a 65-year-old Tom Hanks. Right. Like, <laughs> I can eat dinner at 3 p.m.? Yes, sign me up. I can wear slippers and plaid pants everywhere I go. Um, But do you, can you, do, who do you, who would you pick if there is anyone who could play who could play that role i don't know yeah that's i'm terrible at these kind of mm-hmm. questions um yeah that's tough but he like chris pratt as andy dwyer has that sort of like a uh, childlike playfulness mm-hmm. uh, you know i, I mean you could go I, I, this is 
this is me just going low hanging fruit because of Parks and Recs, but you know, if you went with Aubrey Plaza as, as like the most incredibly awkward version of that, Aubrey Plaza would be great. Or or uh, Anna, she did. She was in the the swap of um, Splash, not Splash. Overboard. Anna Ferris, Overboard. Anna Ferris. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. she would be great. She'd be fun to watch uh, do that. Um, <laughs> Well, I, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, and I, I and I think we've brushed up against it before, mm-hmm. but about the difference between a PG movie back then in the eighties and a and and a PG movie now, and I think it speaks less about what you could get away with in the eighties and more about the times we live in now, and we don't really realize how um, I guess safe like a PG movie is these days or how like mm-hmm. family friendly it's now become it's the PG, pg movies are basically g movies now yes. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know so like some of the stuff in big you've got the mom being freaked out that her kid has been kidnapped and that that emotional moment you get the moment where tom hanks is in that that sleazy hotel and that's emotionally scary yeah, and then and then you get the romance scene where where he totally cops a boob, totally cops that boob. Yeah, and and you that for other reasons you feel that as well, <laughs> but those moments you would never find in a PG movie now. It right. would be it would be so sex parts. Yeah, sex absolutely. Part. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so those those things that you wouldn't, and so. It's interesting. So why do you think we are so afraid of having those unexplicit moments now? I think it has more to do with just there's always changes and waves and evolutions of 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 parenting and and what is acceptable in in culture mm-hmm. to be seen in art and things like that. You as a parent, what do you like you would if you took your kids to a PG movie, you'd probably feel pretty uncomfortable with those moments. But I mean, you actually watched Big with yes, um, and it you know it was uh, I think it's kind of funny. Like it was funny to see her reaction, uh, you know, to Big, and uh, to be like, you know, ah, oh, that's what it mm-hmm. is. You know, um, I I think that I have a little bit. I feel a little bit differently than other parents I know where it's like bad language doesn't bother me. There's at least one F-bomb in big, right? And there's- Yeah, that, that's it, it made the list of PG movies that have one F-bombs or, or something you, like that. Like, you could have like, but a, that was early days, super early days. F-bombs, like, yeah, the, less than the, five years after the PG-13 was introduced. Yeah. The language like isn't as worrisome to me. Uh a little bit the sex would be worrisome depending on like how it exists in the movie i think mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet in big it's just that that like yeah mm-hmm. 12 his 12 his 12 <laughs> um, uh-huh. the, the way it's handled is is like you get that boob cupping and then that's it. There's no like, there's no Highlander moment and <laughs> where you're like, ah, <laughs> uh-huh. um, or even like um what 
what is Valley Girl rated? That's R, right? I think it was. I think it was. Um, the thing that I shy away from more than any of that stuff is like violence. If if something's mm-hmm. got a lot of like scary, scary violence in it, then that's what that's where I would sort of draw the line. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I let I let Rocket watch Deadpool too, so. The one with the <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It's that, you know. Um, so they, they made that. Kids are going to sneak movie. away and watch Absolutely. movies. Yeah. Yes. Which. Uh, and, I mean, and, and, I, and I'll go on record as a non-parent. A, a bit of trauma is a good thing. You know. Yes. In movie form. <laughs> but I, the thing is, like, in the situation when you watch those things, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable to, like, accidentally see something that's like inappropriate and weird when you're like sitting next to your parent. Oh, sure. That's weird. If you see it with your friends, that's totally okay. And I feel like we're going to like really have this conversation on a different scale when we talk about uh, 16 candles. Yeah. These are really interesting companion pieces because, Mm. uh, you know, in in a lot of ways I, I, I felt, you know, I feel like I've got a childlike spirit. But I felt a real, watching this movie, I felt a real reconnection with what it was like to be at that age, you know? And there's a lot of movies that have kids that you don't get that feeling with, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so I really, the the makers of this film really were able to tap into that. Yeah. Just like I feel like they were able to do in 16 Candles. As well for that age, for that teenage age, just a few years later. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know that that movie does has a thing where like I I kept checking and and uh, so we watched uh, Sixteen Candles with my kids and turned it off because I was like ah what and I'm looking up I'm like this movie is rated PG. Ooh How? yeah. How in the first ten minutes there is full frontal nudity, uh, uh, and at least two f bombs, and you're just like Molly Ringwald, what's happening? Stop! <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's an example of one that I didn't watch uh, with the kids. Um, uh, whereas Big Lake, I think, I think is fine. Yeah, uh, yeah I PG, agree. PG movies, and, and so the PG thirteen version of Deadpool two. Um, is basically the same movie, but they've taken a lot of the swearing out. Not all of the swearing, but a lot of the swearing. Um, uh, but in a really amusing way where there's like, there's a scene with Fred Savage. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love the scene with Fred Savage where he's uh, he's saying he wants to fight Matt Damon, but they're bleeping uh-huh. it out. So <laughs> Rocket finds that very amusing. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm definitely not a great parent. Um, so... <laughs> I feel like this movie holds up. I recommend it. I enjoy watching it. Uh, it's been on my mom's cable. Like, she has actual terrestrial cable still. So it's possible it's like, oh, oh, something's on TV. We'll go mm-hmm. ahead and play. Um, so I've seen different parts of it a bunch over, like, the Thanksgiving period of time. Uh, and it's great. I think it's ultimately rewatchable and very... Um, still has the magic and still has the charm. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so on a scale of one Zoltar to ten <laughs> Zoltars, 
10 right. wishes uh, on the monkey paw. What, how would you rate this? Right. Um, this is a tough one. I, I'm going to go with eight. Yeah. Because um, I feel like it, it really holds up uh, in a lot of ways. It's not quite an out of the park, um, but I felt like it was a strong eight. Yeah, I think that I think that's exactly where I was going to put it to. Like it is strong eight. Um, uh, maybe I'm even going to say eight point five. What? Just so that I do sometimes <laughs> like more than you. Um, <laughs> what? What is your? Um, what would your deep cut recommendation be? Well, so my, I actually changed it in our our conversation today. Um, so there, there's a an animated film that I love. Uh, by Hayao Miyazaki called Howl's Moving Castle. Have, oh, you, have you seen it before? Moving Castle. Yeah. So I don't know if if, if anyone can um, tell this background I've got right here, but this is actually from another Miyazaki film, Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's because my bed is directly behind me <laughs> and it's not been made. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Howl's Moving Castle, when we were talking about an adult acting like a kid, in Howl's Moving Castle, you have basically a 20-year-old woman who gets turned into a senior citizen. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it is it is kind of like that flip we were talking about. And it's interesting how she's portrayed. And it's just a, it's just a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, if, if you're a little skittish about seeing Japanese, Japanese animated films, don't be. It's, it's fantastic. Hayao Miyazaki was nominated for... Um, uh, an Oscar for Spirited Away. Um, and uh, yeah, his movies are, are some of my favorite of all time. Yeah. And so it's it's so magical. It's so inventive. It's so smart. Um, but yeah, in Hal's Moving Castle, she's transformed by a witch into an older woman. So she goes looking for help from Howl, who's a, a feared wizard. And then they kind of get all kind of entwined and there's a and civil a war going on. Cartoon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He, and then Howell is voiced by uh, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So do you recommend the the uh, dubbed version rather than the... Uh, yes. So I, I, I prefer for, for animated films the dubbed version. Um, but they, I think that Howl's Movie Castle is in particular a really good dub. Like I... Uh, yeah. Uh, most, of, most of the Miyazaki dubs are, are actually pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, even, uh, I, um, there's even a great one, uh, with, uh, his movie Porco Rosso where, um, Michael Keaton plays Porco Rosso as kind of a surly, um, uh, yeah, uh, pilot sort of like in the, in the like world war two, pre-world war two era. But the French dub version is done by Jean Renault. And that's almost like, that's even better than just listening to the, because it's a very Mediterranean French kind of style film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even better than listening to like the Japanese dub um, is the French dub. <laughs> uh, solid recommend. Great job. Um, I, so my recommendation is a different genre of body swap, which I love them all. Uh, the fly. I, what's that? <laughs> the fly. The fly. <laughs> um, uh, uh Oh, oh, I almost forgot to mention. So they went pretty far in the in this movie with Robert De Niro in the Tom Hanks. They didn't actually film him, though. No, but they were like oh, in development. Yeah, 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 which is insane. I cannot wrap my brain around that 
Yeah, it was like Robert De Niro's pet project. How? Robert De Niro probably wasn't childlike when he was a child. <laughs> like on the list of like very intimidating uh-huh. adults. Like he is a very intimidating adult. Like mm-hmm. Oh, I would give anything to see even a moment of that. You know, it's like when you watch the Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz and you're just like, ooh, it's not right. Um, <laughs> I want to I have that Robert De Niro moment. It's I, mm-hmm. bananas. I can't. I can't. Um, so I want to recommend uh, a movie that just came out. There are so few movies that are actually coming out in uh, 2020, but um, it's called Freaky. And it Oh, is- right. My my new favorite subgenre of the body swap is adult male comic actors embodying teenage girls, um, <laughs> like Jack Black uh, and Jack Black, uh, I think Jumanji. All the Oscars in for Jumanji. That is my favorite version of this subgenre. But Vince Vaughn <laughs> does and a good job of it, and it's it's a funny movie. It's a Blumhouse horror movie it is super violent in a funny way in the way that those blumhouse uh you know horror comedies are uh it's by the same people who did happy happy death day which is great um and it is really fun and i <laughs> it's extra <laughs> funny, like um you know as much as they they poke fun in the jack black version of of his like his body type like Vince Vaughn being a giant <laughs> like she's she's not used to being a giant sized body uh-huh. Is very funny. So uh, that's, that's my recommendation. Freaky. We went and saw it at the drive-in. Oh, nice. Which was which was pretty great. I hope that drive-ins make like a huge comeback. I'd love to see them on yeah. every, on every uh, corner again. I love drive-ins. Um, yay! So, um, where uh, should people go to find all of the Nathan Blackwell catalog? <laughs> Uh, well, still the easiest place is Squishy Studios, uh, squishystudios.com, uh, Squishy Studios on YouTube. So if you check out our videos or, or projects that we've got, the uh, that's the best source. Love it. Um, and you can find all of uh, the Most Excellent Pod stuff at mostexcellentpod.com, which I swear I'm going to update. <laughs> Um, before the end of the year i will update the website um and you can find me at nctphoenix.com um uh, and if you want to watch me in improv comedy shows every friday night we're doing it online so no matter where you are in the world uh you can watch this much of me do improv comedy so uh (laughs) sign up right nctphoenix.com from the neck up Yes. Sometimes shoulders. Sometimes <laughs> they get the arms. Ooh. <laughs> um, thank you so much uh, for listening and uh, watching in this weird experimental uh, world that we're we're playing with. Um, uh, as you're out there, oh, do that thing where you gotta like like. Please like the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please right. review the podcast. It's it's not about our low self-esteem, even though that does exist. It does. It's honestly about uh, other people finding the show. If if um if it's highly reviewed, the algorithm will introduce it to more people. That's true. Although we do have low self-esteem and we do appreciate it. <laughs> I want your approval. And now you can now you can make comments about how we look in addition to how we sound, <laughs> which I know Nathan and I are mm. looking forward to. 
<laughs> but I know, and I know it's annoying. It's like one of those things where you get the grocery store survey and you're like, we all know I'm not doing this, right? Uh, but do it. Do it. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And none of this four stars business. I want the five stars. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you again for listening. Um, be sure to follow us and rate us and review us. I already said all of that. Um, and, you know, when you're out there in the world, keep the most excellent 80s movies podcast motto in mind. Be excellent to each other and party, party on, dudes. We never get that right. We never do. We will. In year three, we'll get it right. Right. The season finale. Yes. <laughs> um, yay. Okay.